Well, welcome to. Do I have this on? Am I good to go? Okay. Welcome to our service today. It's exciting to see a full house. I feel like these holiday services are always interesting. We never know if half the church is going to be gone or if um, we're going to be extra full with friends, family, and visitors. So today's one of those extra full days, and it's special. Um, we're excited to have friends visiting today, um, so welcome to them, and also some grandparents, Joe and Dar, it's good to see you here as well. Um, yeah, just welcome. So on days like this, Ivan and I, we were talking about the holiday services, and we were looking at the preaching schedule, and Ivan said, well, holiday services are always a little tough because you kind of feel like you're boxed into this topic. Of, of a certain subject, whether that's Christmas or Thanksgiving. And so he was like, the way it was falling, it looked like he might have to have both Christmas and um, Thanksgiving. So we moved stuff around. And I'm kind of on the opposite side of that. I love being given a topic. It just makes everything fall into place for me. Um, you know, it gives me a framework to put my thoughts in. And so I think it's one of the beauties of having different people on the team. We see, you know, the things that we like versus dislike or things that, you know, push us. So today we are, it's Thanksgiving week, and so we are going to be looking at the idea of being thankful or gratitude. And for a text today... We're going to be looking at the Old Testament as our key text, but then we also are going to explore a story in the New Testament um, for a part of the text as well. So for a key text today, we're going to be turning to Deuteronomy chapter 8, and we're going to be working our way through the whole passage, and a little background to the book of Deuteronomy. So Deuteronomy is Moses' final words to the children of Israel. He's 120 years old, and before he passes on, he has these words of, you know, a lot of law, but also just a lot of kind of things that he wants the children of Israel to remember. And... So if we go to chapter 8, there's, I'm, we're just going to start out by, well, actually, let's, let's actually, I just want to kind of walk through what we're going to be looking at in this cha chapter first. We're going to have four takeaways from this chapter. The first is remembering, the importance of remembering. The second is the importance of humbling and accepting the importance of forgetting not, and then the final thing which we'll be looking at the New Testament for is the importance of giving voice, all of these as they relate to gratitude. So with that in mind, we're going to just read through the passage and then we'll go through and break it down into smaller parts, but starting at verse 1, Deuteronomy chapter 8. Every commandment which I command you today, you must careful, be careful to observe that you may live and multiply and go in 
and possess the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers. And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all that way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and test you, to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. So he humbled you, allowed you to hunger, and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but man shall live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. Your garments did not wear out on you, nor did your foot swell these forty years. You should know in your heart that as a man chastens his son, so the Lord your God chastens you. Therefore you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God to walk in his ways and to fear him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and springs that flow out of the valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees, of pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity, in which you will lack nothing, a land whose stones are iron, and out of the hills you can dig copper. When you have eaten and are full, then you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. We're going to stop there. We're going to pick up in just a little bit. So as we think about this, I want us to think about the key attributes of being grateful. And so the first three things we're going to look at are, shall we say, actions or positive things. And then the, well, the first two, then we're going to look at humble, um, forget not, and then at the end we're going to look at giving voice. So three things that are actions that we can do, and then a warning kind of in the middle. So in the first few verses, in and it's kind of a little bit, the first two points are going to be a little bit kind of mixed together, shall we say. But this whole passage or book is Moses' reminder about where God has taken the children of Israel. So, you know, if we think about, you know, starting out in Egypt, and we've kind of worked our way through some of this history in the last several months, of the children of Egypt, but remembering where God took them from, and that he's also taking them and giving them something wonderful. And so I think it's really important to just acknowledge that if we don't know what God's given us, it's going to be hard or impossible to be grateful. And so there's just so much importance of taking the time to acknowledge and remember what God has done for us. And in verse, thank you, Elvin. In Um, it talks here, it just breaks it down, and it talks about, um, or Moses talks about 
um, all the different things that you know they've done. And you know, he talks about your feet not swelling, um, you know, the manna which you didn't know about, but you know, just that clear spelling, you know, acknowledgement of what happened. And I also want to point out that it's a slow remembering takes time. It's not there's um take care is is the verbiage that is used. So it's not just you know yeah God did this and move on. We're actually studying. There's an active you know work that is going into this in which we're recalling and we're you know we're giving you know that time and energy into you know, working toward remembering. The second thing that is also in these verses is it says humble. It uses the word humble. And part of gratitude is being willing to humble and accept. And often for a lot of us, that can be difficult because when we to accept something, we have to acknowledge our need. And I'm often struck by this is in my own life, why is it that accepting something, accepting a gift is so hard? Giving is often easier than actually allowing us to say, I have need of this. And if we think about Christianity and like as Christians, what is what is the key, what is one of the core parts of salvation is acknowledging our need for salvation. We have to humble ourselves and accept in order to be able to be grateful. And if we think about the story of the children of Israel, we think about, you know, if we go back to when they were in Egypt, they had to accept God's plan for taking them out of Egypt. And all of this amazing thing, all these amazing things that happened to them. We think about the manna. We think about the fact, you know, Moses talks about here, their feet didn't swell. And then they're moving on to the promised land, this land flowing of milk and honey. And, but they had to accept that plan. They had to be willing to go and experience it. And that took humility and acknowledging that God's plan was, was right. So, again, just that key idea of accept, humble, and accept. Um, and kind of wrapping these two things together, I was thinking about with, without being willing to do that, without that studying, without that knowing where you came from and on understanding the journey. Um, I want to tell a little story that we experienced the other yesterday, actually. So my husband, my wife's father, let me get this right, has a greenhouse by his by his house. And one of the things that they found was that the greenhouse, and they, they own this small greenhouse where he plants stuff, and it's somewhat of a hobby, somewhat of a business. And, and I say small, this is probably a 40 by 80 building. So it's a large structure. And they found out this greenhouse was actually on the neighbor's property line. 
And the neighbor wanted to adjust the fences and build a new fence, so he wanted the, the greenhouse moved over to my father, in, like onto my father-in-law's property. Well, to do that, the greenhouse needed to rotate 180 degrees and move up into my father-in-law's land. And so they, you know, were working on this and so they had a plan and it was much, taking the whole thing down, they would have lost the plastic, it just wouldn't work. So they took the time, they got a lot of supporting done and then they got four skid loaders and they gradually picked up on all four corners and gradually inched this greenhouse. And we were working on this for about four hours, just inch by inch by inch. And when I got there, I was like, we're never gonna get that greenhouse. All the way up and around, it's this giant greenhouse. And I continued to feel that way. We kept inching along and all of a sudden, I was like, whoa, there's a footprint of a greenhouse down here. And four hours later, we're up where it needed to be. Now, it was not all smooth sailing. There were lots of bumpy times, lots of people hollering and worrying about stuff breaking. But if we would not have known where we came from, we never would have been able to realize how far we came. And you know, we were all done, there was like a big sigh of relief, all the stress that we were all feeling as we were trying to move this greenhouse, but that gratitude could not have been expressed without remembering where we started and where we came. And again, I just think that's the beauty of reading the Old Testament and reading these stories in the Old Testament. We get to realize where we came from and God's plan. So we've talked about remembering, we've talked about the importance of humbling and accepting, and also with that humbling and accepting, there were 12, 15 guys. For us to move that greenhouse, we had to work together, we had to humble ourselves to the idea that there was one person who was in charge and you know we had to do what he said and if we wouldn't have been willing to humble ourselves we couldn't have had that experience and quite honestly we wouldn't have gotten to experience that gratitude so um, you know just real life applications here so we've talked about humbling and accepting and now one of, a little bit more on the sober side, forget not. So what is the opposite of remembering? And that is forgetting. And if we turn to, or continue in the past in chapter eight, verse 11 says, beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments his judgments, his statues, which I command you today, lest when you have eaten and you are full and you have built beautiful houses and you dwell in them, and when your herds and your flocks multiply and your silver and your gold multiplied, and all that you have is multiplied. 
When your heart is lifted up and when you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who have led you through great and terrible wilderness, in which, you were, fi- in which were fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty lands where there was no water who brought water for you out of the flinty rock, who fed you in the wilderness with manna, which your father did not know, that he might humble you, that, you, that he might test you to, to do you good in the end. Then you say in your heart, My power and the might of my hand has gained me this wealth. I want to stop there. And if that doesn't sober you and that doesn't scare you, I don't know what will. We see this progression of God blesses us, we're grateful, but then our tendency is to forget what he has done for us. And what does he mention when he says that? He says, all the stuff that we have, and we say, I did this. And that's just sobering, because just like the children of Israel, it's so easy for us to turn and let the things around us, our accomplishments, to take away that gratitude, and we start to think that we did that, where we are responsible for that. Reading again, then you say in my heart, my power and the might of my hand has gained me this wealth, and you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, he that may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. Then it shall be, if you by any means forget the Lord your God and follow the gods and serve them and worship them, I testify against you this day, you shall surely perish. As the nations which the Lord destroyed before you, so shall you perish, because you would not obey. Be obedient to the voice of the Lord your God. And again, just that sobering reminder that when we allow pride and a lack of gratitude, that will turn us away from God, and God will destroy us. That is clearly promised here. And the warning is, what causes that, or what is the pool? It is when we forget the commandments of God, and, we, and that is directly through not remembering. So I don't think I can say it more clearly than that, but it's sobering because if we all think about it, we all have a lot of stuff. We all struggle with feeling like we did something, I think all of us can relate to that at one level or another. And God's saying that will turn our hearts away from him faster than anything else. So on a positive note, what is the solution for that? And 
just like Moses did here. I don't know why I always want to say Noah and not Moses, but so pardon me if I make that mistake. But just as Moses did here, Moses gave voice to what the Lord had done. He wrote it down, he spoke it, and that his people would remember that. And then he encouraged them to give voice and remember. So when I thought of what does giving voice look like, I had to think of a story that is very familiar. Um, It's in Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through, I think we're going to read 11 through 19 today. And I always hesitate with these stories, whether I tell the story or to just read the scripture. And I think we're going to read the scripture today. I just feel like there's such a a blessing in letting the word of God speak. So let's read this story for just a brief preface to it. It's going to be the story of Jesus healing the ten lepers. Now it came to happen as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there he met ten men who were leopards, who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, Go show yourselves to the priest. And so it was, as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw what, that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except for this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you whole. So we're going to pause there and just take a little bit of time to reflect on this story. And as we sit here and think about it, I want us to think about the idea of gratitude and the importance of verbally expressing our gratitude. And Let's just spin this a little bit and think about what is ingratitude. And if we think about these nine or ten men, were all of them appreciative of being healed from leprosy? Absolutely. They all appreciated it. Um, As we think about our lives, when times when you feel like someone's not grateful. Most of the time, they are grateful at some level. It's the lack of them verbalizing their gratitude to you. And this is something that in our lives, we, I had an employee, and I tend to be somebody who, just the way I'm wired, I tend to be like, well, they know it. Why do I need to say it? Let's move on. Let's, why waste kind of time having those conversations of, you know, things that are light and fluffy? And that's good, but it also often leads to 
not verbalizing things that need to be verbalized. So back to my employee. Um, he worked for me for a while. And one of the things that he, he did that changed the way I interacted with other employees was every day when he left for the day, and he was a manager, he would go around and fist bump all the employees and say, thank you, before he walked out of the door. And it was interesting. The team all lit up when he did this. They all, it, it just, it made their day. Like they were appreciated, they were acknowledged. And it was something I observed and ever since then, he's long gone, we've done with our team. I do not leave for the day without saying thank you for each of our team members to their face. If they're working with a customer, I'll wait till they are done with the customer, or I'll just say, hey, thank you. I'm heading out. I really appreciate you guys. And it's amazing. It changed our whole atmosphere. It brought people who were acknowledged. And I tell you that story not as, you know, it's not, it's not exactly what was going on here, but the point of that is acknowledgement and verbalizing things matter. And oftentimes, if we are not verbalizing it, then we, it's not perceived and eventually in our minds is not important. So, words matter. And the nine, they were all appreciative. There was only one that was grateful. And he came back and his gratitude was expressed for him, through him using words and saying, I'm grateful. And Jesus' response to that was, your faith has made you whole. Or your faith has made you well. And obviously we have the idea of physical healing, but I also think in this case, he fell down and he worshiped God and he was healed both physically and spiritually. The other nine were only healed physically. And we all know that ultimately the physical healing and the gratitude for that needs to exist, you know, anytime that happens. But most importantly is, um, is that spiritual healing and salvation. So, thinking about giving voice, I, one of the things that struck me is, who do we give voice to? And as we think about this, there's a lot of different, you know, ways that we can give voice. And I think about giving voice to God. You know, how often are we saying verbally to each other, whether it's in worship or just in conversation or in our own prayer time. How often are we thanking God for what he's done for us? Um, and, you know, specifically naming those things. You know, one of the things that we've started doing is I verbally will pray, thank you, God, for blessing us with this child. It's something that is so near and dear to our hearts that I want to give voice to that. 
And there's so many different areas that we can thank God, we can verbally remember. And I would just encourage you, put that in practice. Actually, you know, give voice to it. Don't just think it. And also, we think about those who are over us, those who are mentors, those who are parents. Are we giving voice to that? Are we saying, you know, in public to other people or to them, thank you, you know, Dave, for being a mentor to me. Am I saying that to him? Am I saying that to those around us? It's not, I can't just think, you know, those thoughts. I have to give voice to it. Um, and then finally, to those under us, our children, you know, our employees, whoever, our students, are we acknowledging and thanking them? Are we saying, you did a good job, thank you. Um, verbalizing that matters. And I would just encourage us. Jesus, in this story, was acknowledging that the one who gave voice to it was the one who had faith. So in conclusion, why is gratitude such a key part of a sanctified